Hey there, fellow pop culture nerds, Christian from the Proton Pack podcast here. Tony and I recently made the transition to host our podcast at anchor.fm, and they made switching from our previous podcast host an absolute breeze. Whether you're old pros like us or new to the podcast game, Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. In fact, you don't even need the complete tech setup that we use. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free. That includes creation tools allowing you to record and edit your podcast, which you can do right from your phone or computer, and it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. And as you gain traction with your show, you can easily make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to another episode of the Proton Pack Podcast. I'm Chris, and with me always is the baby Yoda to my Mando, Tony. Say hey, Tone. <laughs> what up, guys? How are you? Live. It's almost like you timed it perfectly. I, I you know, I, sometimes I have those witty little moments. There you go. Welcome. Episode 42? Yeah, it's been a couple weeks since our Where last one. Count? Yeah, we've had Thanksgiving, been moving, relocated. Now I am... Uh, in the Fort Collins studio, it's not really set up yet. This is a quick makeshift, but uh, we are live and we are ready to roll for another exciting episode. Kind of a slow news week overall, but uh, we'll make do. Plus, we had some good news. Um, little breaking news right in the beginning. Uh, I was reading that uh, the voice of Big Bird and uh, Oscar the Grouch passed away. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, so that's... Uh, from our um, friend that we met at uh, at the Reno Pop Culture Con, uh, he does Saturday morning rewinds. Tim, yeah. So Tim uh, Carol Spiney died. So he shared that. So uh, sad news to start, but uh, yeah, a little bit of a bummer. But yeah. uh, you know, let's uh, go ahead and start the way we do each and every week with a few little shameless plugs, and we even have a little theme song here by Tony. Some time to play it. Yeah, you did. You bought plenty of time. And roll that beautiful bean footage, buddy. It's shameless blood time. It is in these hills that Juan Valdez and his trusty goat gather coffee beans every morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Money is cool. Money. Money, money, money. Money is always really cool. <laughs> well, unless you're a nonprofit like I am. Yeah. Well, sorry. <laughs> that's the only I'm, I'm hoping that's the only technical glitch I just I had to put it on the phone so I could read the comments and give shout outs so gotcha we're good now it's shut down focused nonprofit. what do you miss your nonprofit? I mean rough, I just don't know Rough Riders oh Rough Riders yeah so uh, Rough Riders is my dog profit non-rescue non woo <laughs> okay dog rescue <laughs> it's a Sunday <laughs> We're, we're, we're shaking the cobwebs off a little bit. Uh, dog rescue nonprofit. Uh, we pull dogs from kill shelters in rural areas uh, up along the uh, uh, West Coast and bring them to our partner rescues and shelters that uh, help us out, give them a second chance at life and, uh, you know, keep them alive and find them homes. So we uh, we're always looking for donations. Uh, we are in the process of raising money for a uh, transport uh, fleet, which is two upgraded uh, commercial vans, $75,000 we're looking to raise. And uh, we have the wonderful commitment of Tito's Handmade Vodka, and they are going to uh, pitch in $10,000 towards the first $10,000 that we raise. So if we raise $10,000, automatically $20,000 towards our goal. So uh, if you want to learn more, check out roughwriters.org or go to facebook.com forward slash roughwriterssaves. Now, Tony, uh, you do something every Sunday. Don't know if you're doing it today, but... Uh, 
I, you know, tonight's going to be interesting. I will be doing it uh, as soon as the, well, luckily the employees leave at 8.30 and I have an overnight, so don't really get a lunch or break other in that time frame. So, yeah, so I'll be doing a, uh, the movies tonight with Jimmy Jones on Pop Culture Kaboom. That's uh, 95 1K and VC, Carson City Local Community Radio out of the greater northern Nevada area. Um, or you can go to knbc.org and you can stream that. Jimmy Jones brings you pop culture kaboom, everything you want, everything you need. Has, that's his tagline for the show. That streams uh, 7 p.m. Pacific time till 9 p.m. I hit about 7.40, which is 8.40 Mountain Time. If you're watching this or if you're in Nebraska time, that's uh, 9.40. You got to listen till so um that's a shout out to the nebraska friends in uh the time zones there and uh, that's the shameless plug i didn't even cheat this time there was no notes i just looked into the camera and just right off the top of your head tried yeah i mean we've been doing this long enough i should kind of know right at this point i shouldn't yeah. i shouldn't flub it up <laughs> mother flubber <laughs> all right that does it for the show that does it for the shameless plugs. Uh, we are going to go into TV news, which we've got a little bit of this week. Go ahead and roll that beautiful. Bazinga. Oh! The cream of the clock. <laughs> hey, baby. Let's go, Bob. Excellent. Hail to the king, baby. <laughs> it's funny at the end the boom shakalaka when i made that i thought it was cool but really doesn't tie into a whole tv thing it doesn't but who cares <laughs> I wonder if i could find the master copy i did and kind of edit that there you go Through occasional new faces like maybe i can find mandalorian talking or something <laughs> speaking, sound bites man speaking of the mandalorian so uh we're what five chapters in now to yeah, the show so dropped on friday yeah we figure we can freely talk about it now without giving up any major spoilers. Uh, the big one being that, uh, you know, we were introduced in the very first episode to Baby Yoda, who has become just probably the best part of that series. He's not only the comic relief, but uh, he is also the, uh, oh, what's the, the term for it? The um, MacGuffin of the storyline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's, a, that's an official Yoda quote there, or noise. <laughs> so in an effort to make sure that that wasn't spoiled beforehand, obviously with the big launch of Disney Plus coming, Disney didn't do anything as far as licensing out or promotion or toy reveals for Baby Yoda uh, prior to the show being released. So with that uh, now sort of behind us, uh, Disney is going full stream ahead with uh, all of the Baby Yoda merchandising. Some of it will be available for Christmas. Some of it you've got to wait till as far as April, I've heard. And uh, some neat things, you know, Funko, they do the pops. They've got a couple different figures. They've got a super-sized Baby Yoda, uh, a regular-sized Baby Yoda. There's a whole slew of T-shirts out there. And I'd expect to see we'll start getting, like, the plushies and um, – you know, some, Oh yeah. There's, this thing's going to go uh, gangbusters. It's going to, I mean, it's obviously it's, he's all the rage. So a uh, very cute character and um, yeah, child plush is uh, going to be there. The, I think the Funko pop, that's the huge one. Man. That's, yeah. And uh, it's what I want to get. Yeah. Maybe um, like a animatronic tickle me Elmo type. Uh, oh, Yoda. You know what they did was take Gizmo from Gremlins and just... You know, the funny thing is, I even told Jesse that uh, Baby Yoda looked like a mix between uh, Gizmo and uh, regular Yoda. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> like they had a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Gizmo and Yoda hooked up. Oof. Baby Yoda. <laughs> well, we assume Gizmo was a guy, right? Is I don't know. Yoda? There, there was... Better. There was the female gremlin in Gremlins too, with the lipstick and the. I love you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if your kids are really looking for some Baby Yoda stuff for Christmas, the supply is going to be very limited. Um, you know, maybe just get them a gift card and then get it to them when the bulk of the stuff starts coming out. 
Yeah, Amazon seems to be the place to get a lot of that stuff. So the link will be up on our Facebook page um, after the show. I've it might already be up there. I just don't remember. I've been moving, so I don't remember what's been posted and what's not. So I'll repost it. Feel free to click on it and uh, go there. He is the real star of the show. That he is. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned, we're five chapters in. Uh, I was talking to Tony before the show. You know, I really enjoyed the first chapter. Second chapter got a little slow and got me a little worried that it would be, um, you know, Walking Dead type level of where they're just trying to fill time but uh everything since there since then has been fun introducing some new characters and then of course the overall story arc of this sort of uh you know one mandalorian and a little baby <laughs> yeah it's uh it, the show has been really good i mean it, it seems to be like disney plus what a smart way to kick that off john favreau's done such a fantastic job um you know, I, I don't even think you have to be big on the Star Wars franchise to enjoy the show. Like, it's not like it um, it follows any storylines. You know, obviously it takes place five years after um, Return of the Jedi and many decades before um, The Force Awakens. So it's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, I'm just saying that as a Star Wars nerd, but just as a casual fan, I think that's something you could really get into. Yeah, it's not really something that they've explored yet, um, you know, that time frame. And uh, they've had some great guest stars come on and even a guest director. So uh, the last episode we saw Ming-Na Wen, if you're a fan of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., she was in that. And then um, if you notice who directed Chapter 4 was um, Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, I saw that. I thought she did a really great job with it. I was actually very surprised to see it. I was like, oh, very cool. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, you know, the series was developed by John Favreau and John Favreau recently talked to The Hollywood Reporter, uh, mostly about Baby Yoda. And uh, now that he's been revealed to the world and uh, his quote is, he's mostly a puppet. When it's CG, we try to make him obey the same physical laws that he would if he were a puppet. I think a lot of times CG makes it self too obvious where you don't create parameters creatively that allow the character to keep the same identity and charm. We'll learn more about him over the course of the season. I think what's great about what George created is that Yoda proper, the character that we grew up watching was always shrouded in mystery and that, and that was what made him so archetypal and so mythic. We know who he is based on his behavior and what he stands for, but we don't know a lot about details about where he comes from or his species. I think that's why people are so curious about this little one of the same species. So there's been a lot of, I don't know, rumor chatter that maybe he's the incar uh, reincarnation of Yoda that, uh, you know, He's the only one left of the species, you know, who knows, but uh, either way, I'm enjoying the journey. I am too. I think it's cool. I love that they kept it a secret. Um, freaking cute, man. I love that they're using the puppet and uh, I'm glad they're not making him like do little Yoda noises. Like, I, like the, I like that they just added just baby giggles. Yeah. It's not like... <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> I did actually pretty good. That's <laughs> why you fail. Nope. That's but uh, yeah, I mean, as I mentioned, he's been the comic relief. The the scene, what is it, chapter five, where he's pushing the buttons? <laughs> Don't awesome. like it's be. He's he's definitely meme legend status. You know him and his little cup. Yeah. It's kind of replaced the Kermit and the. That's none of my business meme, you know? <laughs> or, the, or the frog hanging out of his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so if you guys haven't seen it, you know, do yourself a favor. You can sign up for a seven-day trial on Disney+. Plus. It's hella worth it. It's worth the money. It, enjoy. You know? Or if you're a Verizon Unlimited customer, you get it free for a year anyway, so why not? Yes, absolutely. That's my name backwards. Do it. <laughs> Such a crappy slogan, right? Yeah. All right. So uh, moving on to uh, another Star Wars show that's coming to Disney Plus in 2020. Obi-Wan? No, it's Star Wars Legends of the Hidden... T I mean, uh, Jedi Temple Challenge. Did you say Legends of the Jedi Hidden Temple? Because it's <laughs> the same show! <laughs> it, it sort of is. It's a kid-based game show that... Uh, you know, obviously is set in a galaxy far, far away, coming exclusively to Disney Plus, 
hosted by Jar Jar Binks actor Ahmed Best. Ooh, Mr. Jar Jar Binks, and you're on the Jedi Hidden Temple Jedi Challenge. <laughs> okay. And they said that it's uh, definitely a kid's game show like no other. The various challenges will test a Padawan's connection to the Force in three locations. A forest planet, on board a Jedi star cruiser, and inside a Jedi temple, immersing them and the audience in a fun, humorous, and exciting competition. Uh, it is going to be very similar to, uh, you know, if you grew up like us with uh, Nickelodeon's Legends of the Hidden Temple, uh, sort of along those same lines, and uh, should be fun to watch. I mean, it's something I'd love to do as an adult. Yeah, I, me too. This, this is one of those things where when I was reading this article, uh, when you send it over, I instantly was like, man, this is Legends of the Hidden Temple. And then, of course, it says, kind of mentions that at the end. Right. Uh, similar, you know, it reminds me, it also took me back kind of a part in my head when I was a kid, how I wanted to be on Double Dare so bad. Like, oh. so I would still do Double Dare. I'd do American Gladiators and I would do this. So, and it, there's a lot of game shows I'd like to totally just get on just to do. Yeah, it'd be fun. Legends of the Hidden Temple. I wonder if there's a sound bite for that. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm sure there is somewhere, but on our side, probably not. <laughs> copyright, you know. Well, no, find not. sometimes. That's okay. All right. Uh, one streaming service that we've mentioned a couple times, but not in great detail, is a um, service from Jeffrey Katzenberg called Quibi. Now, Quibi. Quibi. <laughs> you can get all your favorite shows. That's Quibi. Yeah. Streaming oh. now for. T-Mobile customers everywhere. <laughs> now, obviously, there's so many streaming services out right now. Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, Disney+, Plus, DC Pro Universe. Proton uh, Pack Universe. Right. <laughs> but uh, Quibi's trying to set itself apart by offering shows in small chunks, basically six to ten minute episodes each. Uh, each series will run, uh, what were they saying? three to four hours a piece, uh, but yeah. into those uh, smaller chunks. Well, one of those series that we know is coming to Quibi is something that uh, we get a kick out of, being that I live here currently, and Tony used to live here, and we're talking Reno 911. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lieutenant Dangle. <laughs> Brings the, um, you know, the folks from the state, the old MTV The State, uh, you know, from 2003 to 2009, they did uh, Comedy Central's Reno 911 and uh, really did a good job of sort of making fun of the area, even though it was clearly shot in Los Angeles with all the palm trees. Oh, yeah, I loved it. But you know what I what I did enjoy about the show and, and people that live in Reno or, you know, like you and I have, well, you do, I have, um, is they actually use the street's name. They're like, we're at the Meadowood Mall on McCarran Boulevard. And it was like, <laughs> there's no palm trees. I live in the shithole right across the street. It's not true. <laughs> they, they would use insert shots from Reno, but not actually film there. Yeah. It, it reminds, just, it just, you know, it, the show was funny, man. That Lieutenant Nang with them short shorts. And, that. <laughs> and the whole fact that they're going to come back and do it, I think, you know, why not? If it helps this quibby, but like you said at the beginning of this story, you have so many options for streaming. It's a little difficult now, you know, like there's a lot. Well, not only that, but from what I've heard, Quibi is going to be more expensive than Disney plus. It's going to be like six, seven, eight bucks per month. I think you gotta, you gotta go with the low budget thing. You know, it's kind of, if you're something small like that, like um, it's not a real good comparison, but price point, it kind of would be. Um, is ESPN Plus. Mm -hmm. So with ESPN Plus, you don't get like SportsCenter or all the big stuff, right? You don't get any of the major cable stuff. You get Peyton's Places or Sunday Night Countdown or a couple of little tiny things, UFC. You get enough to kind of make it worth your $4.99 a month. So they went five bucks. Not bad for the low amount of quality you get. You know, I would have paid a little more to have SportsCenter, things like that, but um, I think Quibi should kind of do something along those lines. Or maybe well, you got to pay for the show, so you can't really do it for free. But I think a low-level a low one, you know, not too low bad. Low price point, yeah. yeah. 
Well, the good news here is that uh, the original cast is coming back for it. So you will get Thomas Lennon, Robert Ben Garant, Carrie Kenny Silver, and uh, Thomas Lennon recently said, uh, Reno 911 <laughs> holds a special place in our hearts and it will be a delight to get the original cast back together for Reboot Goofin'. Hopefully Nick Swartzen can still roller skate. Obviously, if you watch the show, you'll get that reference. But, um, you know, if, if you pick up Quibi or they bundle it with something else, uh, that's definitely going to be one of the shows to keep an eye on. Yeah, I agree. Um, definitely, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to see it come back. It's always nice to see. Well, it seems like kind of the trend these days. People like to dip into the old magic uh, bag and let's see what worked. Let's try it again. So Yeah. And sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But um, good luck to them, and uh, Quibi, we'll keep you posted on that. Right on. All right, that does it for TV news. Let's get into the oh, box yeah. office report, Tony, if you got the button ready. Yeah, I am locating that. So uh, we're just nope. failing here. <laughs> oh, here we go. All right, so time to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I am all out of gum. <laughs> so the advantage of us doing this on a Sunday is that we get the most recent box office report. This is for this weekend. It is new. It is fresh. Of course, uh, not a whole lot of change from last week, but uh, you do get Frozen Two as the number one place again with thirty-four point six million, uh, maintaining its top spot. Round of applause from Tony. We never saw that coming. Right. <laughs> In second place was the uh, Ryan Johnson written and directed all-star murder mystery Knives Out with 14.1 million. Uh, did you get a chance to see that one, Tony? No, I didn't. Um, I've been bad in the movie department. I did make up and saw two this week, which we'll get to as they come across. One you won't come across, one you will. Right. But we'll but talk about it. One. I definitely want to see it. And, and look, I don't like Ryan Johnson's you know, Star Wars take. And I'm even skeptical. He came out and said he wanted to do an episode of Mandalorian. And I was kind of like, <laughs> But you know what? Looper was great, you know, his own stuff. And, and while this does look like in the vein of Clue, still looks like a fun movie. At least a one-time watch. I don't see this being a repetitive watch. So. Yeah. Well, and people are enjoying it. You know, fans say it's a, a fun movie. It's a murder mystery. Um, and obviously, you get a, a great cast. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I would put that on a definitely want to see. So. Yep. Uh, in third place, you had Ford versus Ferrari with uh, $6.5 million. <laughs> Fantastic movie. I saw, I did see this. I like it. Okay. Yeah. Liked it. Not going to say much more about it. Good biopic. Um, I will, I, I will say one thing. I'm kind of pissed. I own a Ford, if that makes sense. And the, and the, and the reason why I'm a little pissed that I own a Ford or disappointed I own a Ford is how like the character Henry Ford, the second was in the movie. Mm -hmm. He was a real dick. And his assistant was this, <laughs> sleazy just nasty villain and it was like real life he's that little scumbag that hides in the back and and just makes life hell for you know christian bales ken miles and you know so it made me kind of like man and just the way ford treated ken and i'm just like i don't know if i like owning a ford now but <laughs> nonetheless i mean i have to suspend it's you have to kind of suspend that but like i kind of got invested but great car movie man just the whole uh, fact that, uh, you know. And of course, all of that took place 50, 60 years ago, so. Yeah, yeah, it's not today, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, um, seeing how, you know, the Shelby Cobra brand came out and stuff like that and how he was friends with uh, Ken Miles. And the racing and the story was just great. Great acting. Christian Bale's fantastic actor. Matt, a Matt Damon. <laughs> so uh, long, short review, but worth it. So definitely go check it out. Right on. Yeah, it's getting Oscar buzz. Um, speaking of biopics, in fourth place, we had the Mr. Rogers biopic, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, with $6.5 It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Hey, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> in uh, fifth place, you had... Everyone. 
In fifth place, you had the uh, racially charged drama Queen and Slim with Daniel Kaluuya and Jody Turner-Smith with $6.5 million. Okay. In sixth place, you had uh, Dark Waters with $4.1 million. That's based on the Flint, Michigan, you know, whole water scandal thing. Mm, never heard of that one. Let's see. 21 Bridges with uh, Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman in seventh place at $2.8 million. Uh, that one looked like it could be a fun movie. Also, I crossbones in it too. Yeah, realistically, can you really shut down New York City to chase down a cop killer? No. Right. But suspend your disbelief. Um, still look like a really cool movie, one I wanted to see for sure. Uh, in eighth place was the John Cena firefighter comedy Playing with Fire with two million. See me. Yeah, I'm gonna play with fire. You can't see me. In ninth place, we had uh, Roland Emmerich's World War II movie Midway with $1.9 million. Um, I think that probably would have been fitting to see yesterday. Um, yes. Harvard, yeah. But uh, I heard great things about it. Still want to see it. Have not seen that yet. And you don't have an AMC up there, so you can't use your AMC card either. We do have an AMC, but it is, let me uh, think about it. Oh, it's no bueno. Oh, good for you. Um, <laughs> it's one of those, let me just lay it down. I'm, I'm, it's not like the, the AMC people are listening anyways, but it's, on, it's called an AMC classic. And let me take you back to the original Carson City theaters before stadium seating was a thing. It's <laughs> great seats that kind of move like this. And your floor is, and your shoes are completely stuck to the floor with gum and soda from 1989 and boogers from 1995. Just disgusting. So, and the screen, it's old school, you know, where the screen bounces and it's got the cigarette burn marks and all the little markings. And it's a very vintage, but no thanks. Yeah. I'll go probably if I have to, but we have Cinemark up here. So I'm in your boat now. So, yep. Yep. Cinemark! Movie Club. Hopefully, proud sponsors the Proton Pack with Chris and Tony. <laughs> oh. our, and rounding out our top ten at the box office was Joker in its tenth weekend on the charts at uh, made one million, but uh, over a billion worldwide. <laughs> I'm surprised that Playmobil the movie wasn't in the top ten. <laughs> it bombed so bad. <laughs> that was our. 400-pound gorilla last week. For uh, The movies were so bad last week that came out. That was the big dog on uh, the Pop Culture Kaboom show. Oh, God. yeah. Opening weekend made $670,000. That's it. Oh, my God. Oof. But well, it's basically a Lego ripoff movie. Like, who the hell wants to see it? It looks terrible. Oh, and the humor didn't work. I saw the uh, a trailer for it. I forget before which movie. But, uh, yeah, just looked awful. Yeah, super bad. Uh, breaking news as we're doing this, Broncos won against the Texans. Excited. I know this is a pop culture show, not a sports show, but if you're, Broncos Sunday, baby. Yep. If you're watching, you can easily tell that Tony hates the Broncos. And Hate so, him. Yep. Hate him. Yep. 38 to 24. So their defense kind of took a rest on that last quarter. But uh, nonetheless, we beat the Texans, which are a very good team. So. Yep. And um, so – I was going to say, too, um, real quick, I know we got to move forward, but while we're in the box office, um, Sal J and Silent Bob reboot. Snoochie um, Boochies. Snoochie Boochies, and I didn't have my little uh, snooch to the nooch. Here it is. Snoochie Boochie Noochies. Um, <laughs> quick review. If you're a fan of the View Askew universe and you grew up loving all the movies, you're going to like it or love it. You're going to love the throwbacks to all the films including Jersey Girl and Cop Out and, any, and Tusk, anything Kevin Smith made, minus Red State. They don't mention that, but they mention all his other movies. Okay. All good for fan service. It's a total fan service film. If you're the average Joe or the average person that watches the show and you don't know who Jay and Silent Bob is, probably skip it and maybe go back and watch the other stuff because you are not going to get anything in it. <laughs> it's going to be one basic crap movie because it – the movie was bad, but in a good way, if that makes sense. Like, it was so stupid, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Okay. It was rather dumb, but I liked it. 
<laughs> I mean, I found myself chuckling, and then I thought of us from the Reno Pop Culture Con because Keith Coogan was in it. Uh-huh. And the running joke in the movie was the dishes are done. Like Jay and Silent Bob or Jay a lot would say that line in the movie. Uh-huh. And then when Keith Coogan came out, he goes, "Hey." And uh, it was Diedrich Bader resuming his role from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Mm-hmm. Same character, looks exactly the same. Like that dude does not age. Right. And uh, he came out and goes, hey, we're out of sweetest fishes. And he goes, okay, what do you want me to do? And he goes, fishes are done. <laughs> that was his line. That was his big line. So, uh, But, uh, you know, in a nutshell, if you get a chance to see it, I truly enjoyed it. And the only way you're really going to like it is you have to be a fan of his other movies. It's not a movie you can stumble upon and be like, I like that. Because you're going to be like. It just won't make sense. <laughs> no. And there, the cameos in it, and I'm not going to spoil, are just. It's just great. So uh, check it out, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. I enjoyed the hell out of it. So. Now, I know it was in limited release in theaters. Any idea when we're going to see it uh, streaming or? Netflix, I would imagine after the new year, because they're touring through the rest of December, because the way they did it was unique as opposed to, you know, like they would go town to town on that tour. They'd premiere it, do the Q&A, and then it was available for release because like it randomly popped up at the amc by my house and it was just random it was a 10 o'clock showing and it was totally a fathom event thing and they talked as if it just came out they still were in october at the beginning of the intro so um but yeah i would imagine you'd see that um digital within the next month for sure so it's it's definitely worth a check out if you're a fan of uh kevin smith movies view askew but if, like I said, if you're just the average moviegoer, you're not going to like it because it was pretty bad. Yeah, because I know that tour is not coming anywhere near Reno, so I got to wait till it's out on streaming. Yeah, so when it comes out, check it out, man. You're going to love it. But uh, yeah, I loved it. So Right on. And then uh, coming out next week, if uh, the family's already seen Frozen 2, we've got Jumanji The Next Level coming out, which... Uh, Oh, yeah. Should be a fun one. Yes, I, I, I'm predicting tonight, if you listen to Pop Culture Kaboom, that it's going to be a touch brown from Jimmy Jones. That's just my <laughs> prediction. Spoiler alert. I want to see it. So. All right. That does it for Box Office Report. Let's move on to the movie news, Tony, if you can get that Movies? button. Movies? All right, so a couple days ago, we got the trailer for the brand new James Bond movie, No Time to Die, which may see uh, Daniel Craig in the role of James Bond, pro- probably for the last time. Uh, it's obvi- obviously a... Obviously? Obviously. <laughs> the name's Bond. James Bond. It's obviously a continuation of the storyline that, uh, you know, he's put together. Uh, we see Christoph Waltz coming back as Blofeld and Leia Seydoux's Dr. Madeline Swan coming back and maybe even betraying James Bond. And we get a new uh, villain who is Rami Malek, if you know him from Mr. Robot or uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. He's got a messed up scarred face, really cool looking mask, and uh, it doesn't look like that this movie is gonna disappoint. You get all the same action you've come to expect from a Daniel Craig, James Bond movie. Yeah, it looks awesome. I watched the trailer right before we did the show. Um, Definitely looked awesome, and I think, uh, Ram, Rami, well, I was gonna say Rami. <laughs> Rami Malik is gonna do a fantastic job. He looks like a bitchin' villain in it. So, also real quick, because we had our first one that jumped on. Hi, Cindy. That's your shout out because I noticed you were on watching with us. So. Midday Sunday. Midday Sunday. Broncos are over. Let's watch Proton Pack with Chris and Tony. <laughs> and you won't have to wait long for this movie to come out. It comes out April eighth, twenty twenty. So a little over. Five months, six months now? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not long. And what I like is, you know, this week, just out of nowhere, man, just the trailer announcements of just teasers. Like, now is not just a trailer. Now it's a tease. It's like, it's coming. <laughs> Tomorrow. 
It's coming Monday. I don't know what this is. Like, I'm trying to tease you with cleavage I don't have, and why would you want to see cleavage on a man's? I, not on you, Tone. Sorry. No. How about no? But speaking of teases, and uh, obviously the namesake of this show, uh, the Proton Pack, the tease of the century that we've been looking forward to, the trailer for Ghostbusters Afterlife is going to arrive tomorrow, Monday, December 9th. And I am excited. Obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, it will already be out. So go check it out. But uh, if you are watching this live. Oh, are you back? There he is. Yeah. Did you hear any of that? Nope. No, I didn't. I froze. You, you were on my screen like this. <laughs> That's all right. You froze like this. <laughs> Time in. Okay, so where do we leave off? Because you start. We started talking about the Ghostbusters trailer, and I, and I was going to tell you it was on the on our Facebook page, and then it just froze. And I'm like, well, crap. And that's I'm like, I don't know what to do. I basically just said that the uh, trailer was going to drop tomorrow, and then pure silence. So yeah, can't I can't wait. So what? I was so excited that I just froze like this. <laughs> So, uh, shout out to Bill to, uh, Bill for checking in with us. Hey, Bo. Thank, Bo? God, Bo. I'm struggling today. I'm hey, tired. <laughs> hey, Bo, thanks for checking us out. <laughs> thanks, bro, for checking us out. So, uh, a couple new bits of news that are in here that uh, play a little bit into the story. Uh, Jason Reitman revealed to Vanity Fair that, uh, you know, the storyline is as – the uh, family arrives at an old farm. They begin to discover their connection to the original Ghostbusters. Trevor and Phoebe are about to find out who their grandfather was and whether they're ready to pick up the proton pack themselves. So that goes to tell us that uh, their grandfather was either Venkman, Stance, or Spangler. Probably not Winston. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert, probably not. I think it's Egon. I think it all leads to Egon with the title that's supposedly going to be called Ghostbusters Afterlife. I mean, everything leads to Egon. So. Yeah. And then uh, we also know more about uh, Paul Rudd's character. He is going to be playing Mr. Gruberson, who is the Mr. Gruberson. Uh, who was a kid when the spooky events of the original Ghostbusters had occurred. In the film, Mr. Gruberson is a summer school teacher who's remained obsessed with what history has dubbed the Manhattan Crossrip, a technical term for that long-ago bizarre incident in New York involving an apocalypse-summoning skyscraper, a gargantuan killer marshmallow man, and four working stiffs who managed to fight back against an ancient Sumerian god named Gozer. So... I'm wondering, is Paul Rudd maybe going to be the antagonist in this? Ooh. Just a thought. It's a good thought. We'll see, man. Um, I can't wait. Um, I, I hope, like, Rick Moranis pops in. I, I can't wait. I mean, I was having a conversation with a Ghostbuster fan at work, and, I mean, she was very – I hate reboots. Like, she's anti-reboots. So, for her, she's like, it's going to be stupid. I go, you yeah, haven't was in the trailer yet. She goes – stupid mike i don't, I don't share the same i think this one's gonna be awesome i'm giddy this that's the movie i'm excited most to see next year me too so uh watch out for that trailer hitting tomorrow or like i said if you are listening to the podcast it's already out same goes with wonder woman 1984 and uh, they have released a little 20 second teaser um you know looks more like more of the same fun that we had in the original wonder woman movie wonder uh, the wonder one oh my wonder one <laughs> please never do that again <laughs> um, Keep your day job, San Filippo. Jesus. Exactly. But uh, yeah, so we get two new trailers on Monday. Um, and then Wonder Woman 1984 obviously stars Gal Gadot, uh, Pedro Pascal, who's under the mask in The Mandalorian, Chris Pine, not exactly sure how they're going to do that, considering it takes place in 1984 after world war one that they were travel my friend probably and then Kristen wig is going to be cheetah the main antagonist that could be interesting all right yeah i hey i like the uh surprisingly i liked the first wonder woman it was it was for a dc flick it wasn't too bad no no it was one of the rare non-missteps from 
Warner Brothers in DC when it comes to the movies. Yeah, and right now for you guys live streaming, um, Chris and I have not seen the trailer yet because it had not dropped. It's officially just dropped within the last 10 minutes. So, Oh, seriously? Page. Yeah, like you and I can watch it after. But uh, yeah, the I am currently, um, it is posted on our Facebook page. Um, if you wonder why I keep looking away, it's because I'm posting as I follow along. Um, so check it out. Um, uh, maybe next week we'll discuss what we thought of it. There you go. All right. Sticking in the DC Warner brothers movie camp. Uh, I've been super excited about Matt Reeves take on the Batman, the casting news that's come out of it. His take on it sounds fantastic. And it was just revealed that uh, Peter Skarsgård is going to be joining the cast as well. Uh, Matt Reeves posted a little thing on uh, Twitter, just, Oh, hi, Peter. Um, no word yet if he's going to be playing a corrupt cop named Wasserman or perhaps District Attorney Harvey Dent, who eventually becomes, whoa, <laughs> knocking that around, nah. Two-Face. I like his picture in that Instagram where he's just like, mm-hmm. you look like me like five minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> and what's great is I actually, because I can see the delayed on my phone for the episode as it's recording. Mm-hmm. And totally, you're talking and you're, and you're doing it. I can't hear, but I'm just like. And you're frozen. <laughs> I look like somebody just shit in my Wheaties. I don't eat Wheaties. So I don't Yummer. Uh, one of the main reasons that people are thinking that he is going to be uh, Harvey Dent or Two-Face in this movie is that his wife, Maggie Gyllenhaal, posted a cryptic tease on Instagram uh, with a photo, photo of him halfway through his shave. Um, so, oh, I like that little tongue in cheek there. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, we have to wait till June. Sure. Oh. Yep. You back? So I, I don't know. This, this is this. Like, I thought we were gonna have a pretty glitchy free, but this is like a real. It's like a pop up shop. You know. Yeah. <laughs> pop up. Now, <laughs> I should share that. I'm sharing you the text picture of what it was on my screen. <laughs> Oh, you're going to love your face, buddy. Oh, Never. right on. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, we roll on. I, I'm excited for this, uh, for the Batman. The announcements just make it seem that much cooler and cooler every time. So It um, does. I'm getting excited for this one. Oh, Batman. <laughs> all right, and then finally, the last bit of DC Warner Brother news is that uh, Zack Snyder, who directed most of the Justice League before having to step away due to personal tragedy, which was then taken over by uh, Joss Whedon for the Justice League, um, has confirmed that the Snyder cut of Justice League actually exists. Uh, It's been rumored for a while. Gal Gadot and Ben Affleck have tweeted out their support behind it. Um, And it's, it's something that the fans wanted to see because the reception to what actually came out in theaters was a little less than stellar. Yeah. Oh my God. It was, uh, it was really bad. I, it's the, the, the problem with that was DC didn't try to be original. They tried to chase and catch up to Marvel and they were so sloppy about it that yeah. they had the talent, but they just didn't utilize. Right. I would have made a Broncos joke, but we kicked ass today. So I can't really use them as an example, but we'll say it was the Joe Flacco era of Broncos. The earlier this season where you had talented people on the team, but you didn't execute right. So Yeah, yeah. There were some decent elements to it. And, uh, you know, Zack Snyder definitely has a look to his movies that made it look cool. But as far as the story, the way it was just sort of hodgepodge together, uh, really didn't fit so well. So I'm hoping <laughs> that... Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, uh, I keep free. It's like it was getting glitchy. Huh? <laughs> I'd like... All right. Then then finally, that takes us to our trailer of the week, which is a movie we've been excited to find out more about, and that is the next in the Marvel Studios line, Black Widow. Uh, Obviously, we see... Trailer of the week. That worked so much better when it wasn't video. Yep. Ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, we see Scarlett Johansson. Whoa, I can't speak today. <laughs> oh man, man! Set in the we're not t- even drinking. This is the great thing. I know. 
<laughs> like I said, we're just uh, dusting off the cobwebs. It's uh, it's been a couple weeks. But <laughs> this film is set in the two-year gap between Captain America Civil War and Avengers Infinity War and shows Scarlett Johansson reprising her role as Natasha Romanoff, also known as the Black Widow. Um, the, the trailer looks like so much fun. Um, you know, we've got her sis, who's Yelena Belova, played by Florence Pugh. Pubes. <laughs> Florence Pubes. All right. All right. Uh, there's a father figure, Alexei Shostakov, who is uh, Red Guardian, played by David Harbour. Um, my guess is he's the comic relief in this. Yeah. Um, I'm glad I mean, he looks better in this than he did in Hellboy. Yeah, that's for sure. Like I still haven't seen that. Uh, you ain't missing anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is a current meme going around like Hopper is alive, you know, at the oops spoiler if you didn't watch some Stranger Things. Oops. <laughs> but, but it shows um it shows uh Finn and uh um Dustin, they come around the corner and uh, well I should I said Finn, but that's Mike, his character. Yeah. Came around and and he's they're like, he is alive and he's putting on the uh, Red Guardian gear. <laughs> that's Little fun. Fitz. Yes, that. And then you have uh, Rachel Weiss, who uh, plays Melina Vostikoff, who, um, if you're familiar with the comic books, uh, later becomes the supervillain known as the Iron Maiden. So uh, my guess is that there's a falling out in this family. Such a bitchin' name. Yep. And the main antagonist in this movie, which we knew early on, was going to be the Taskmaster. Uh, Taskmaster is a character who can mimic the fighting abilities of anybody uh, he faces. And so I paused on he, and this is me just coming out there and throwing a little, I don't know. Are you super sleuthing? I'm super sleuthing, but uh, in the trailer, when... Uh, uh, Black Widow meets her sister in the apartment or wherever they're at and they start exchanging blows and every movement movement is a mirror of what the other is doing. My guess is that that sis will end up being Taskmaster. Ooh. They're going to do a a gender bender. We'll have to remember episode 42 when you called this. Um, it's kind of weird to me. Like the movie looks awesome. Comes out in May. Definitely going to see it. Um, kind of surprised it didn't come out during the Infinity Saga. I wonder how it sets up for uh, whatever new saga we're about to uh, embrace. I don't. Are we going uh, with Galactus? Is that where we're headed? Who knows? Uh, right. Can conquer. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes, and uh, definitely uh, can't wait for May. Yeah, come on, summer movie season. And we know in this film, we're at least going to see Robert Downey Jr. one more time as Tony Stark. Yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's cool. And I, I DMB kind of spoiled that because they put him in the list of actors. So. Yeah. All right. So that does it for movie news. Obviously, check out the trailer on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Proton Pack Podcast. We are going to move on to video games now. We've got a couple stories there, and then we will let you guys get on with your Sunday. I like it. Hey, man, you want to play some video games? All right, so the first bit of video game news, Super Mario Maker 2, which came out, uh, what, just a couple months ago, Tom? Yeah, it came out uh, end of June, early July, right around that time frame. So, yeah, not too long ago. With that game, we're seeing some new updates, uh, DLCs, if you will, and uh, a couple of them are nothing really to write home. You know, you get the introduction of classic Mario foes Spike and Pokey, but the big announcement... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is that you will be able to play as the 8-bit version, Legend of Zelda Link, and utilize his sword and his shield uh, within Super Mario Maker, which uh, I think is a fun addition to what's already a fun game. Oh, absolutely. Um, things I wish they would have done, they limit it only to the classic Super Mario Brothers, so you only get to play as 8-bit. Would have loved to seen, you know, I don't know how you could have really done 
16-bit link. I guess you could have made him sideways like that because he was always in top view in the one you know, link to the past. Right. Um, so I like, could have done that in the Super Mario World setting. And then, of course, for the modern games, you know, they could have done just a kind of a 3D. But maybe since it was a free update, maybe they just went basic pixelation, simple. Um, one thing I really wish they'd add to it, and I know they just don't own the rights or something, but I would love if they would tie in some Super Mario Brother 2 stuff, just so you have every element. You yep. know, just slowly add things. Like, even if you added, like, Game Boy stuff, like Mario Land and things, just for shits and giggles, you know? Hey, it may be coming down the pipeline, but, um, you know, Super Mario 2 was such a fun game, even though it wasn't necessarily developed by Nintendo. It was just a reboot of, what, Toki Toki something? Yeah, <laughs> Toki Toki Panic! <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so if you have Super Mario Maker 2, as Tony said, it is a free update. Uh, you don't have to shell out any money to uh, be able to play as... 8-Bit Link with the Master Sword. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'll have a review, hopefully, by the next episode again. Setting up shop. Haven't really had time to, to play a lot of video games and do much with the move, but uh, I, I'll let you know how it goes, because I do have that game, and it gives me a reason to uh, go back and and play it so dive back into it right on all right our next story is actually a review of a new semi console that was just unleashed at least if you were lucky enough to get the founders edition back on november 19th and, and this is the one you are super excited for it is and we're talking google stadia now the unique thing about google stadia unlike a xbox or a playstation or a nintendo is you don't have to buy the actual box all you do is you buy the controller, you go through Google Chrome, and uh, Google's um, web services and uh, backend takes care of all of the rendering, uh, instantaneous download, instantaneous play, and uh, the concept is really what the future of gaming looks to be. Now, with that being said, IGN released their review of the Google Stadia, and we didn't expect it to be a perfect launch coming out of the gate. And uh, it certainly had its fair share of um, problems or downfalls uh, within its launch time. So, um, and, and I got to say, too, I think that's just given Google has never been in the video game market. I mean... I, I don't, so I don't, I wouldn't really hold it against them on that. You know, launching something new is definitely tough, but it sucks because it's their first impression. That's kind of a bad thing. Right. And the downfalls to it are less about um, the quality of what's coming out because what they are saying is that uh, it's not running into issues of latency or artifacts or anything along those lines. Uh, the games look great you know they come in at a 4k resolution even though they're technically 1080p up converted to 4k uh, but it's more about just the lack of um, available games and the uh, interface to get to the games is a little sloppy um, not the greatest and that it is a huge suck on your data if you are capped by your internet service provider mm. so um, if this is something you plan on picking up, definitely look into who is your internet service provider. Don't go with one that provides a data cap because you will hit that very quickly. Yeah. They were saying that within the first hour, they had used uh, nine and a half gigabytes of data within an hour of use. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. They you know, that's, that is, that, I think that was along the lines of my last place I lived at with, you had all the kids on like three tablet devices and their two video game consoles all at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so they said the uh, interface is a little funky that, uh, again, the rollout, uh, some of the people who uh, got the Founders Edition didn't give the access, didn't get the access code until like four days after it was actually released. But my guess is as things start to move along, as um, you know, they release more games, as they fine-tune certain things, that uh, this will become a, uh, a really great alternative to buying Xbox or PlayStation 4 at a much lower price at that. 
Yeah, I think, you know, somebody's got to get out there every once in a while and be the leader that sets the precedence in the uh, market and doesn't always work out in the leader's favor. I can think of the Dreamcast being that way that ushered in at that time in 2000 or sorry, 99, it ushered into those, you know, 128 bit graphics that were so great at the time. Um, it's weird to think about. I mean, I think some of the graphics still hold up pretty well, but um, yeah. You know that set that set the groundwork for Xbox and PlayStation Two. Like it, 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 it upped the ante, and just unfortunately, and they were the first out the gate with online play and things like that. And look, and these are things we use today. So Google Stadia has the right idea on a lot of things, and uh, I'd be interested in picking it up just to try it. But I don't know if and when I'll get around to something like that. But, it, you know, I like the idea of the taking it on the go. Um, you got to compete up with the Switch. Um, you know, that, I think taking it on the go might be something more for, I don't have a lot of time, but if I could squeeze in time on the side, that at least if it's on the go, I can. Right. Being able to play a game like Mortal Kombat 11 on the go. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think the biggest thing is that Google was pushing really hard to have this out before the holiday season. And realistically, they should have waited until everything was absolutely ready. Yeah, they should have got more testers involved and, you know, definitely ran a few um, betas and things just to kind of work out the kinks and bugs. So that way you get a fresh, uh, real fresh take. So. Yep. so if you want to play it now, you can buy the $129 Premiere Edition, uh, which will allow you, I mean, obviously is way less than if you buy a brand new Xbox or PlayStation 4. But if you don't want to go that route and want to wait for the $69 controller or the $999 Stadia Pro subscription, you still have to wait a little bit. Yeah. So um, again, the review is going to be up on, uh, on our Facebook page. Chris and I have not played it, so we can't fairly review it ourselves. But if you have it, you know, chime in and let us know what you think. We'd love to hear. So, um, you know, we're going to throw that one out to you guys on that. Yep. All right. Moving on to our last story. Um, you know, obviously we're into December, just past the first week. And this is the time of year when all of the lists are coming out. Top 10 lists and uh, this list and that list. Well, we have our first list based off of video games from IGN, which are the 15 worst reviewed games of 2019. Now, we'll rattle, we'll rattle through some of these. I'm not familiar with a lot of them. Yeah. But the ones we are familiar with, we'll comment on. Definitely. And I was going to say, too, it gave me just an idea when we talked about end of the year. I think um, I think it would be a bad idea if we did a, uh, you know, towards the end, we'll do a, on one of our episodes maybe a best of as far as what was our favorite, like, movies this year. What was and TV movie? shows. and yeah, Something like that. So I like um, we'll it. Try to save those for our segments. Not next week. Next week we'll talk about some of the best video games that were reviewed due to time restraints. We're going to cut that this week, but uh, next week we'll talk about that. Ghostbusters trailer. Uh, Wonder uh, Woman. Wonder Woman. I was going to say Wonder Wall. <laughs> That's why I had to stop. Cute song. Yeah, Wonder Wall. You get it twice. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we'll do that in a couple weeks leading into the holiday and uh, with that let's go ahead and roll into the 15 worst reviewed games at 2019 alright number 15 Leisure Suit Larry Wet Dreams Don't Die I didn't even know they were still making Leisure Suit Larry games these were um, for those that don't know who Leisure Suit Larry is this was like when I don't know I don't know if it was ever cool when we were kids it was fabled it was about this real loser named larry who wore a leisure suit and he just was the goal was to get him laid like literally you spilled up a you, you spilled up you filled up a sperm <laughs> like the goal was just to go get laid and the problem is is if you're sitting there playing that game odds are you are not getting laid and most of them were like text-based computer role-playing games where you type in go left go right open door get laid i you know it was it, Terrible games, and you know they had funny, cartoony graphics that, uh, in the time you know when we were kids growing up, were sort of a novelty. But I mean, at this point, why still make those games? Yeah, it's terrible. I liked what the reviewer put in here. I'm not going to read the whole little snippet of the review, but at the end, it said uh, lack of meaningful 
puzzles and limp sexual jokes that don't appeal to even the most immature of us. Sorry, Larry. Better luck next time. It's like they kind of threw the limp in there. Yeah. All right. At 14 was Wolfenstein's <laughs> Wolfenstein Cyberpilot, which, uh, you know, Wolfenstein has made uh, actually a pretty good comeback in the last couple of years. But this was their first entry into the VR space on PlayStation VR, and apparently it fell really flat and was more just like a demo than anything else. Uh, yeah, pixelated boobs. Looks awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Decay of Logos, game I've never heard of, but uh, I guess they tried being like Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, boy, I... Like, you gotta just know with the name, Decay of Logos. It sounds like when uh, you pick something up or you order something on Amazon that clearly came in from China and you read the instructions and the words are almost correct, but not quite right. Yeah. That's what this seems like. <laughs> yeah. I uh, don't know the game. Can't comment on it, but uh, no thanks. All right. Uh, in number 12, Vane. Again, game not familiar with. Oh, good for you. 11, Devil's Hunt. Get in my belly! Come on! <laughs> uh, ten, Monster Jam, Steel Titans. Monster Jam! It's time! <laughs> this oh, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! Here we go! Grave Digger versus The Undertaker! <laughs> you can buy the whole seat, but you only need the edge! Come now, down at the Dirt Mart in Reno, Nevada, at the Reno Livestock Event Center, then coming down to the Denver Coliseum, <laughs> where they always seem to be. Right. All right, number nine, Generation Zero from the developer that made uh, the Just Cause series and Rage 2, which <laughs> fell flat. Number eight, Submersed, Survivor Oral okay. Horror continues to be a genre, fairly niche. Have no idea what that is. Number seven, oh, yeah. FIFA 20 Legacy Edition for the oh, Nintendo man. Switch. FIFA, uh, FIFA. And these FIFA games are typically oh, really good. I think it's because it's on the, uh, the Switch. Maybe that's why. It just doesn't have the processing power to... Uh, to give you everything you'd expect from, you know. Yeah. The, and uh, I was trying to buy you a little time for this next one because I know you have strong thoughts on it. WWE2K20. Woo! The cream of the crop! Oh, man. You talk about a buggy game. Just do yourself a favor. Type in WWE2K20 glitches on YouTube. There is some horrific, like, how in the hell did this game get released? It is a dumpster fire. I'm not going to play it. I have no desire. I haven't played a WWE game in since 2004 or 5. Yeah, a long time. Um, but this game just looks like dog crap. It is bad. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it was made for the PlayStation 2. Yeesh, you're terrible. Yeah. Uh, number five, Dollhouse. First person action. Oh, good game. for you. And number four, a game that I wasn't even familiar with came out and don't even know where it came out on, Contra Rogue Corps. Uh, I, maybe you can shed a little light on this, Tony. Yeah, I got to uh, play the – they had a free play for Black Friday where you could download it and actually play it. Terrible. It's an abomination. They should not use Contra in the title at all. Konami completely dropped the ball and shit the bed on this game. Um, doesn't play like classic Contra. It's a reminds me. You remember the PS One Contras, the top down ones, yeah, yeah. really crappy. It was it was a throwback to those real like Legacy of War and see the Contra Adventure on PlayStation One. T two thumbs way down. This game is crap. It wasn't even a side scroller. Nope. It was all top down, and you play as a panda, and it just. It's just terrible. Terrible game. <laughs> All right. Uh, number three, Blades of Time. No, I'll go back and play Blades of Steel. <laughs> totally. Getting into fights. That was yeah. the best part of that. Oh, game. yeah. 
that, I'm sure on the 8-bit Nintendo, that still does way better than that thing. Totally. Uh, Left Alive, which is a game from Square Enix uh, with a rare misstep. Yeah. Tiger, uppercut. They, they usually do really good, but. Yep. And the number one worst reviewed game with a Metacritic yes. score of 36. Eternity, the last unicorn. Yay! Bazinga! Again, um, game I'm not familiar with. Uh, it's a fantasy-based game. Um, fixed camera style in the... Uh, la vista, baby. In the vein of Onimusha or Resident Evil, but apparently this was just a giant turd of a game. Oh my god, just the unicorn picture of that. Do it for the unicorns! Just do it! Yo! Oh my god, I hope it has a cheesy theme song at the beginning. Eternity, the last unicorn. We're using the Denver. <laughs> last unicorn, eternity. Quit singing, San Filippo. <laughs> so, being that these were the 15 worst reviewed games of the year, I'm happy to know that I've only heard of a few of them. Yeah, I've uh, the only games I actually played on there. Well, though, actually, out of the 15, the only one I did play was Contra, and I would agree with that. Um, I have to think of some of the worst ones I've played and make my own list, but off the top of my head, Contra was definitely one of the worst ones I've played. Um, I tend not to play too many bad games. I'll try them out if they're free on Xbox Live or the Game Pass. Like during Black Friday, they had a deal for the the Game Pass for three months for a dollar. Mm -hmm. So I tried a couple of games on there, and there's some crappy games, but, you know. I'm not paying for them. Right. Um, it's not a game that I bought where I, this year that I can think of where I was like, oh my God, why did I buy this? It's so bad. Contra would be one of those if you bought it. You'd be really pissed. So. All right, fair enough. Yeah, but uh, I'm looking forward to next week. We can talk. I'm more, I'm more positive in the video game area where I want to talk about games that we like, that we've played, and uh, we'll, we'll get to do that next week, and we'll see what IGN uh, reviewed. I'm sure this will be a much more entertaining one, and you guys will probably have heard of all the games there next week. Exactly. Well, that does it for this week's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you tuned in or downloading the podcast, please subscribe, review, download, let us know what you thought. Go on to Facebook, facebook.com forward slash proton pack podcast, drop us a line. And uh, as always, we thank you guys for tuning in with us. Absolutely. We'll see you next week. Support rough riders. And we'll see you next week. I yep. will bid you adieu. I am. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. Woo! Mommy, where's Fluffy? Goodbye. <laughs>